body, spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack Life, Not Others is an insight into that life with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. Dr. Jared Spencer back in the studio with us. Hello again, Jared. It's great to be with you, as always. It's just so good to have you. We've talked in the past about anxiety and the importance of sleep and maintaining focus. For those that have not heard Jared before, first of all, check out his book, Mind of the Athlete, Clearer Mind, Better Performance, but also listen to the past episodes. Now, emotions, they can be good, they can be bad, but you want to keep them in check, that's for sure. Yes. What do you recommend? We've got to work on emotional regulation management skills. Too often in our culture, we've been taught, suck it up, deal with it when it comes to negative emotions. That's good in a certain context, but we've got to put more tools in our mental toolbox. To be able to do that. Yes, absolutely. So it's fine and wonderful to express joy and excitement and love. And those are great for the positive emotions. And we're all a little bit better at that. But when it comes to the negative, that's where we tend to struggle. We don't know where to go with them. Absolutely. Because we've been told, as I was growing up as well, like, don't express it. You know, don't show it. It's weakness. But what we live in today is a culture and society where real toughness is being able to emote uh, appropriately, effectively, and to let it flow and let it go. I can only assume if you keep them in and you don't emote, as you said, that turns into what we talked about before, anxiety. Well, anxiety is fear of the unknown, which is why things like visualization are really good for anxiety, giving yourself a roadmap. But depression is hurt held inward. So when we suck it up and we hold that emotional hurt inward, eventually we're going to implode or explode. And neither is very good. Let me ask you a question is, um, and I know I go through it as, as an individual, you know, self-pity. Yes. Is that the beginning of depression or is that what kind of emotion would that be categorized in self-pity? I can't believe this, man. I can't believe that guy did that. I can't believe this is happening to me. Why does all this stuff always happen to me? Sure. Where does that come from? I think it's normal. I think it's natural because the reality is we are all very self-centered, selfish people. Mm. That's the that's how we're hardwired. And we think about only ourselves at time. Now, the key is this. With self-pity and other things like that. When those things creep in, it's oftentimes occurring when we're emotionally depleted, we're drained, we're tired, we're fatigued emotionally. A person can be in great shape physically, but how much emotional capacity do we have at any particular moment to deal with the stressors around us? Yeah. What I call that is emotional energy. Emotional energy management is key. And I measure emotional energy on a scale of zero to 100. If your emotional energy is up in the 90s, that's like an A, 80s is a B, 70s is a C, and anything below 70 is 70 is a tipping point. And now negative thinking creeps in, mm. and it gets worse as we go lower. And so when our emotional energy is higher, like a 90, great workout, positive, you leave there, you feel really good. But what if you're going to the gym or the dojo, and it's a situation where your emotional energy is like a 72? And you only have two points to really work with before you go lower. Well, the workout may bring you back up a little bit, but at some point when you work out really hard, you actually deplete, deplete yourself. Right. And now we find ourselves in that area where negative thinking can creep in. Mm. 
Yeah. And then fear kicks in and then pain and then suffering. And then you could get injured at the gym or the dojo because your mind's not with it. You lose focus. It's all related. In fact, I would even encourage you to say, all right, everyone close your eyes. Now explain emotional energy and then say, whose emotional energy is in the 90s and then the 80s and get a show of hands. And what you might notice is that, wow, okay, I can really push this person today. They're feeling really good. But this person over here is like a 45. I didn't know that. I wouldn't have known that. But I want to I want to approach them different emotionally today. All right. So yeah. I know how to build muscle. Yes. I know how to get faster and stronger. How do I get my emotional energy up? How do I keep it at 90 or 80? Yeah, great question. And so I think it's more about rest and recharge. Too often in the world today, if people are resting or recharging, we view them as lazy. But the most undervalued aspect is that rest and recovery. In professional sports, I see it a lot more. People really value rest and recovery, but particularly in college sports or younger, it's seen as weakness. Well, if you're going to take a day off, other people can get ahead of you. And so we've got to rethink rest and recharge. How do I do it quickly? What I'll tell people is this. Take a mental health day and do something called intensive relaxation. So intensive relaxation would be like, go to the spa, relaxing music, get a massage, go swim in the pool, hot tub, cold tub, steam room, sauna, if you did a day like that, which is very parasympathetic nervous system focused, your emotional energy would quickly recharge and you'd be more effective at what you need to accomplish later. Yeah. You know, when you think about your emotional energy being in the 90s, it's, it's tough. And that's when you get the great workout, you get the great sleep, you yes. ate all the right foods. And now you're hanging around all your best buddies, your family's around, everybody's healthy. The world is great. How often does that happen? That's your goal. That's, that's what you want to achieve. I know one thing that I do when I go into the dojo, especially as the band leader, so to speak, I'll go up to one of my best guys, and a lot of that is Big Steve, and I'll say, listen, I'm down, man. My energy's low. Are you all right? Where's your head? And he'll say, I'm up. And I say, can I lean on you a little bit? And you throw me some energy, and I'm going to lean on you. And that, to me, is called a buddy workout. I'll look for that when I'm having a bad day and I'm in my car. I have a friend of mine who's retired. I'll call him and I'll say, what are you doing? And he says, nothing. And I'll say, why? And he says, because I can. And so, <laughs> but I'll tell you this, when I'm stressed out, that's my guy. Yeah. Because he's just funny. He makes me laugh. I don't want to talk to another stressed out person, to be honest with you. I love and, it. And so I call him and then he's so happy. And he's just chilled. And is it something I want to do right now? No. But boy, man, does he take that lid off from me. The steam goes right out of my head. And so, again, it comes back to awareness of what you need to do and who you need to call in times of trouble and Tim, when you need help. It's brilliant what you're saying because in order to keep emotional energy higher, in order to manage our emotions more, we have to gravitate intentionally to the people, the places, and to the things that raise our emotional energy. Yeah. But life is full of a lot of negativity and people that will just suck as much energy out of us as possible. And so, look, life's hard enough to begin with, and it's going to throw all of us curveballs. So we need to have margin so that our emotional energy is high enough so that when life does throw us that curveball, we can be more effective. And one thing you demonstrated was being able to say to a friend openly and honestly, like, hey, can you throw some energy my way? People will. Sure they and will. that's a great friend. And we all can throw energy if we have enough in our reserve to somebody else to help them out. Yeah. 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 
I do want to just finish with this. Anybody's listening over these last several weeks and months, if they want to get a hold of you, do you take on new clients besides sure. your book? Right. Can they get a hold of you to do additional work with you? Yes. It's through the Mind of the Athlete website. I do have a very small private practice in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. But my main focus is really I'm a professional speaker. So I travel the country delivering keynote speeches to large audiences. So put everyone in the athletic department from a university together. I'll come in and give your keynote or a corporation. Mm. You want a workshop at your uh, business place. And so most of my passion is coming in and teaching the skills about the mind, how the mind works best, about sleep, about anxiety, many of the things we actually talked about. So the book would be the best way people can reach me. If they want to look at videos, I've got over 500 on YouTube. They can check that out. If they want to work one-on-one, there's information about that offering on the website. But the keynote speaking and some consulting, but the keynote speaking is really the best way I can help a large group of people. All right, great. Well, thanks again. Um, this was really enjoyable. Yeah, Jared, thanks, yeah, man. Thank you. Dr. Jared Spencer, sports psychologist and author of the book, Mind of the Athlete, Clear Mind, Better Performance. And check out his website. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. 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 Steve Mittman social media.com.